and thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis. And I'm his co-host, Alyssa. Let's meet our guests today, Justin and Emmy Arana. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having us. This is a, a treat to be with you guys. And I'm Justin Arana. I'm Operations Director of Acres of Hope Youth Ranch. And I'm Emmy Arana, Justin's wife and uh, CEO and Program Director of Acres of Hope. There we go. Awesome. All righty. Well, we we like to just dig right in. So, like, let's shoot you guys back to childhood. Maybe yeah. where were you born? Where do you early elementary and that type of stuff? Yeah, awesome. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm a identical twin. Uh, I have a twin brother, Whoa. and we were born in Tampa, Florida, and adopted at birth. So okay. that's kind of my. Uh, uh, part of my story. Uh, it's a big part of my life. Um, we were adopted at birth and uh, funny thing about, you know, 40 years ago, ultrasounds weren't what they were today. And they actually <laughs> oh. didn't know that we were twins until we were born. So it's kind of crazy. Somebody's holding we, onto an ankle and they're like, oh, hey, wait, so. don't anybody go anywhere. <laughs> and, we got more uh, to do. <laughs> yeah. My, so we always tease my, my mom and dad that they literally got two for one that day. And <laughs> yeah. um, the back then they actually came out and asked, um, hey, do you want still want them or do you want both of them and all that stuff they're like yeah absolutely we we, uh we'll take them and um so yeah and the four years later uh my mom had a miracle baby she was like medically unable to have kids Uh for like 18 years and they adopted us and um had a miracle baby and i have a sister that's four years uh younger than me um at about age five uh we moved to salem oregon all the way from tampa wow Uh, my dad would make trips out here um he was a contractor and would make trips out here hunting with some buddies and stuff like that and just fell in love with the state and um we uh i grew up on a small farm here out of west salem cool Um, and my dad was a contractor all growing up yeah Um, yeah and uh you know, um, we had a good childhood. Um, we really did. My mom and dad got divorced when we were about 10 years old. Um, and I always say that that was probably the best divorce situation that could have been. Uh, there was never any ever really fighting over like, uh, custody or anything like that we can kind of go where we want. My, my mom is remarried to a great guy, Mark. Um, they've been married, I don't know now, close to 15 plus years or something like that now a great guy um lives in west salem also my whole family lives close um my twin brother has three kids uh we have two kids uh, taylor and parker they're amazing kids and uh, what's awesome is uh, our first daughter taylor is the same age as my brother's daughter avery and then our sons are the same age taylor, uh, parker and ethan and then he had a third son but wow. uh, they're both the daughters and the the middle boys are two months apart so they're super close they're pretty much like siblings or whatever but um yeah, growing up. Where'd you, uh, go to, where'd you go to high school? Yeah, I uh, I graduated from South Salem High School in O2. Okay. In um, crazy. I just a couple of years ago had my 20-year reunion, and I just turned 40. I'm like, wow, where did the last 20 years go? But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, graduated from uh, South Salem High School, dabbled around in college a little bit, really. I struggled in school. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled. I, still do kind of with dyslexia and the those type of struggles and um kind of wasted a year and a half in college for the most part mm-hmm. and it just wasn't for me i kind of went straight to work working for working yeah. for uh, uh working for my dad's construction business cool and that's kind of where i grew up uh doing construction all right 
How about uh, what childhood looked like? Yeah. Uh, I was born in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, and kind of the funny thing about our stories is I also, our family moved back to Oregon um, when I was five as well. Um, yeah. So kind of funny. And then Justin and I actually met on a blind date. I think we were around age 26. We're actually five days apart. Um our birthdays. Uh, and we found out when we met uh, through, I don't know, pictures on your dad's wall or something. I'm like, that little boy looks familiar. And turns out we were in first grade together at Amity Elementary School. Oh, wow. Um, didn't know that. Metropolis until, of Amity. I know. So he did go to Amity for a couple of years. You didn't want to claim that. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's out there on your way. So. <laughs> Sorry. It's out of the bag. Um, yeah. So we moved here when I was five and my dad worked on a dairy farm. So we always were out in the country and living um, usually usually near dairy farms or at least had some property and some horses. And uh, I went to Amity my whole 12 years. So elementary, middle and high school. I loved it, did sports and played volleyball and basketball and um, just had a great community there. What Uh, what size is like that high school for students wise, you think? uh, My graduating class was 54 people. Oh, okay. So So not terribly small. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's 3A. It was 2A when I went there. but. So it's gotten a little bit bigger, but um, I loved the small town feel. Uh, some people, it's not for them. It's limiting and can have its challenges, but uh, I really enjoyed it. And I just got to be with a really tight knit group of friends, which really helped. Uh, and then we had a volleyball coach, Marie Roth, uh, who used to coach volleyball at Corbin University. And she came and coached our volleyball team. Um, and she was a believer and a Christian and uh, most of my friends were as well. And so in high school, about my junior year, we had some pretty tough stuff come out with my family and my dad, who was an elder in our church, ended up going to jail for 16 years. And just mm-hmm. and when you're in a small town, everybody knows everything. Yeah. So that that's the good and the bad <laughs> with some of that. Um, but I had those tight knit group of friends. I just saw three of them yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just went to a 40th birthday party of one of them in Bend. Uh, last weekend. Uh, And so that just um, community and relationships and friendships and then the mentorship from our coaches. We had, I had a great basketball coach, Jeff Flood, going through um, school also. And so that just, that just helped. Uh, And it's funny because I would go to counseling later in life and be like, I kind of turned out, I don't know, I think somewhat normal. Some people might disagree. (laughs) How did that happen? Processing that with my counselor and just realizing how healthy just relationships and community and mentorship can be was a huge part of my kind of growing up and especially my high school years. So, and I was the youngest of five kids. So, okay. Yeah. Um, So to like, uh, to our listeners, if you're a a coach or a counselor or whatever, just uh, reaffirming uh, how important those roles are. You know, I was like you, I was a good kid running in the gray crowd, you know, Mm -hmm. and there was coaches that invested, you know, Mm -hmm. time and effort in me and kind of probably kept me from sliding, you know, into the the wrong crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's life changing. Yeah. I had Mm -hmm. teachers and coaches that took me on rafting trips on the weekend. My mom was a single mom, you know, through high school and all that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a, it's an important role as a coach or a mentor in people's lives, for yeah. sure. And then I had that in college, too. So that was another... Yeah, you go to college? I went to college at Western Oregon University, yep. um, became a teacher, got my teaching degree, and uh, then I got my master's degree at Corbin University. And so nice. I just had, there were so, there were so many go forks warriors. in the road. Yeah, go Warriors. <laughs> uh, so forks in the road that mentors just helped guide me down, you know, a healthier path of sure. where I was going. And 
So yeah. it got me out of my comfort zone and told me things about myself that I didn't see and qualities about myself and actually had Barb Burge, my first mentor in college, just speak leadership into me. And I, I w- thought I was shy and quiet and reserved. I'm like, I'm not a leader. Who, who are you talking about? And so planting seeds of like, oh, maybe that is in there. <laughs> and just what, how did God create me? And so that was just, those are life-changing people in my life. So. Yeah. That's good. We can maybe get at this later, but I want to ask why I'm thinking about it. Uh, you know, you you had some bumps, maybe significant bumps, but both of you, right, yep. as well yep. as everybody in the studio today, <laughs> right? But, yeah. uh, but I think, like, there's a, um, a resilience or a purpose or something that helps people plow through some of those tough things. I mean, l- looking back now at, at your age, Kenny, I, I mean, I think you've identified it was— steady relationships mm-hmm. outside of whatever trauma or, you know, the, the challenges that we face. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, just want to point that out to the listeners, like, you know, relationships are really important, uh, transparent, accountable, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. relationships in our lives are, are uh, really important. And I think yeah. you find those through hobbies and interests too. Sure. So having healthy outlets of things you do, whether it's, yeah. you know, um, bowling or whether right. it's sports or whether it's outdoors or whatever it is, having those healthy outlets and uh, you find people, you find your people, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I have a, not really a journey, but something I've been going through and asking people a lot that I come in contact with that I don't know very well. Like, man, what's your passion? What's your passion? Like, what do you like to do? Right. And, I would say the vast majority people don't really have great passions in their life or something that they're excited about me. I've been a, uh, I'm a huge outdoorsman, like hunting and fishing and just hiking and camping. And like, I've always said, like my church is the river or the mountains and that's just where I feel closest to God. But it's something that I'm passionate about. I just love being out there, I, I spent uh, many years in Alaska, like hunting and fishing as a guide up there and stuff like that. And it's just like, man, it's uh, it's where I feel the most alive. And when people say, oh, you know, I, I, you know, like to watch YouTube. I mean, I'm not minimizing stuff like reading or YouTube or video games, but often they might say they have nothing like i don't really have any major interests or whatever and i think it's the interest but also the camaraderie of friends and different groups and community that you meet along the way um is important if it is youtube or video games or whatever that's that is awesome and um uh just good to be i don't know in community with people we are made and engineered people to be in community with others you know Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah. And we ask that a lot of young people and, and so do you guys. Right. And, but oftentimes even more so in young people, I, I don't get a, a real clear answer to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of me wants to say, you know, well, where are the parents in your life? Right. I mean, yeah. they, they should be asking you those questions, not forcing, not, not maybe even challenging, but just providing those conversational yeah. opportunities and so on and so um yeah if uh if you 
if what we're saying right now kind of hits you a little funny, like you're not sure what your purpose or passion is, then, man, at the end of the show, we'll have opportunities to reach out to either of our organizations. And yeah. we'd yeah. love to have conversations yeah. about that, no, right? No matter sure, where so. you're at in your path, the age, you know, of whatever kind of uh, demographic we try to slam people into, yeah. we, we could care less about those yeah. things, yeah. right? So, yeah. Well, yeah. like what you're saying, Justin, like there's probably a difference between somebody saying that they like YouTube versus like explaining a passion for the outdoors. Or if they're explaining like, I'm super passionate about this video game, like I connect with others, yeah. like you can tell when it's a passion and yeah. when it's just an, a hobby or an interest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and any even good thing can be taken too far and turned into something that becomes <laughs> an idol sure. for us, yeah, right? Yeah. I say that all the time. I mean, golf could turn that. I, I've seen that in a few people's eyes where they're four or five yeah. days a week and I'm like I know that it takes two to five hours for a round of golf and I do mm-hmm. the quick math on 15 to 20 hours a week like yeah yep. where's, for where's, sure. the, where's the family where's the work and that type of thing so yeah. anything even an innocent thing could be taken too far yeah. whether it's video games yeah. or whatever right anything so, yeah yeah that's good good point so um let's uh, let's dig into like what you guys are doing now right yeah. with Acres yeah. of Hope yeah uh, in you know in as concise a fashion knock it out you know so uh, yeah, Acres of Hope, we started in the middle of COVID 2020. So we've been perfect going time. about the yeah, perfect <laughs> time. We acquired this property. It was kind of just this miracle story. So if anybody wants to hear the long version of that, they're welcome to come visit the ranch and get a tour. But um, Justin and I kind of thought it was going to be five acres on our property in West Salem and God had bigger plans. So we moved there in December of 19 and then opened in 2020. So um, Acres of Hope comes from kind of that story I shared about my upbringing and what was impactful to me. And horses were part of that. I always had horses growing up and um, horses and mentorship. So being a teacher in a classroom, I just was like, what can we do? And praying with God about what does that look like? And so it's kind of the vision that God gave me for Acres of Hope and pairing herding teens with horses and uh, also going through school, people were like, you want to teach middle schoolers? What? <laughs> Are you crazy? I'm like, not a lot of, not I a long line them. there. I no. know there's not. <laughs> and so I think God's just given me that heart for that age group too. And so um, that's what we get to focus out there. So we have horses, we have cats, we have dogs, uh, and they get to come out for a weekly mentorship. So we pair them with a mentor. We call them a session leader and they come out for one hour. And uh, this year we do have a wait list, but this year we got to launch a wait List mentor program. So the kids even on our waitlist get to come out and hang out with one of our volunteers. And uh, it's not our full horse program where they get to ride, but they get to be out there. They get to be with the cats. They can groom the horses. And um, I would say, and Justin actually is one of our waitlist mentors too. Um, I would say the kids coming out and just being present, getting to show up as they are, getting to be who they are, uh, getting to talk ends up being the focus. It doesn't end up being the horses. That's kind of just the thing that gets them there. Um, And there's a lot of kids that will come out and they're like, "Eh," after hanging out with the horses, they're like, no, I just want to do art or hang out with the cats. We have an art studio and stuff that they can do art stuff. But just to have a person that will sit and listen to them for one hour with no cell phones, no screens, like they can be doing stuff with their hands that helps because it's it's hard for kids to look somebody in the eye and talk and eventually they'll get there. But um 
it's just, it's super honoring. And then this year, I think it was this year, it feels like we've been doing it longer. We also, Justin launched archery. Right. So there's just a lot of different things they can do. But um, our biggest goal is just to meet them where they're at and show them the love of Jesus with our hands mm-hmm. and feet and not our words. Because a lot of the kids that come have trauma from the church and religion. And so um, they get to get a different picture of who Jesus is. And sometimes they'll even get in conversations about that and they'll start asking questions about the Bible. And so it's just a super organic way to just be in relationship with them and love them and and meet them where they're at. And, yeah, I mean, and something else to be yeah. proud of is like, like you're saying, it doesn't always have to be the student with the horse, like specifically, it, it's about the environment that you guys have created in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like my family spent a lot of time making sure that our house was peaceful because like whatever happened throughout the day, you can come home and be in that place yeah. of peace. And that's the same thing that you guys provide, whether it's yeah. the art, archery, or even mm-hmm. just hanging out with the cats. It's like that environment is so mm-hmm. special and it's not just the activity that's a part of that. Yeah. So. And sometimes uh, kids or, or people don't know, like they, they've grown up and manage dysfunction at mm-hmm. whatever level they have, yep. right? And then you go to somebody else's house and you're like, oh, like that that's actually like this isn't the way my household runs. Mm-hmm. Which is, or going out to your guys' property. Yeah. Oh, like people actually pay attention and not just tell me to, you know, move on or shut up or whatever it is, right? right? So, I mean, the average parent in America spends less than 58 seconds a day of uninterrupted time with their child. Yeah. So, wow. it, it won't it's take crazy. much for a, for a young person mm-hmm. to experience somebody investing in them or just listening, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What would you like to add maybe to her little Yeah, twist you know, um, our goal around the ranch, one is, you know, leading kids to the Lord and whatever that looks like is different for every kid and uh, just creating a, a peaceful atmosphere for them to be excited to come to. And, um, yeah, I do, uh, eight, no, four, um, uh, weightless mentors, uh, sessions a week. And, um, it's been awesome. They kids come out and we don't spend a lot of time with the horses and we work around a little bit, but, uh, just having them show up and be able to uh, have them do what they want to do. So on the ranch, even when the kids come uh, to be the one-on-one horse mentorship program, they get to choose what they do for the day. So that is one of the times that during the week we get to say, hey, what do you want to do today? And often they're like, I don't care what we do. We can do horses or we can do this. Or we're like, no, 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 listen, you get to choose what you want to do. And there's no obligation or requirement or whatever. And uh, I think that's powerful and important Mm -hmm. to give them a voice for that one hour. But yeah, man, it's just them, uh, sitting and talking or walking and talking. And, um, they really do open up after a couple hours of hanging out together and you get to be friends and, um, it's powerful. It's, it's life changing. And it's really, when it comes down to it, it's so, so simple. Um, it doesn't take much, um, to change about what the parents do. What's that? What the parents do while the kids are in session. Yeah. So uh, this last year uh, for our full session year. So we run with the Salem-Kaiser School District calendar from September to June with our main session program. But we launched a parent mentor program. Uh, We have a parent mentor on staff that meets with the parents while their youth are in session if they want to. It's not a requirement, but the first year and a half or two years of our program uh, operating, we would talk to the youth or to the parents and whatnot and just see like, wow, these parents need help also. And in a lot of the cases they need help as much or more than the kids do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just to have a parent mentor, a nice, uh, 
inviting area for them to sit and talk to Deb. Deb is our uh, parent mentor and she, God has just made her and designed her for this yeah. <laughs> uh, position. She is just perfect and um, at what she does and uh, just a blessing to the parents to sit and listen and coach and mentor and give re- uh, references to and referrals and mm-hmm. all the things. And often the parents are just sitting there on the couch crying for 45 minutes, you know, just uh, say, I didn't know I needed this also. And um, when, mm-hmm. you know, life is just tough right now. And it, it always has been, but like right now is a little bit different. Um, life is tough. Like how do you even parent a kid? What does discipline look like? Uh, all, all the things, you know? Well, I yeah. think of like with technology and stuff, I think life is changing mm-hmm. so much more each year, like more change mm-hmm. is happening. Like at, like at, a at certain time yeah. at the yeah exactly the pace of change is so fast like and of course i wasn't alive quote unquote you know in the 80s to see what it was like mm-hmm. but from what i've heard i feel like it's there's so much change happening and if you're a parent it's likely you're around like 20 years older than your kid and there's so much going on and i yeah. mean yeah it's like you need help and it's mm-hmm. okay to need help yeah yeah Man. there's so many uh i mean there was distractions in the 40s, 50s, 60s, it just feels like there's certainly more, it's more, the distractions are more coming towards you instead of you having to seek them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So if you're uh, looking at maybe, you know, some of the ways you study or leadership or ideas that, you know, you've come across, what's maybe one or two of the principle or an idea that you either use in your uh, personal life or as an organization? Hmm. What's something... That's a great question. So I come from a teaching background um, and Justin comes from actually a construction business background. So he's had more opportunities for leadership. So I feel like that's an area that I'm just, God is stretching and growing me so much. Um, I would say one of my biggest hopes as a leader is to just be humble and to always be learning. Um, I love to just ask clarifying questions to my team and learn from them because they're on the front lines, especially Mm -hmm. the more that we grow and the more that we're doing more executive type roles. um, They're on the front lines, they're boots on the ground. And so just learning from them, we have an awesome team. Um, But then the second thing I would say that has been the hardest part for me is learning. I can be a a challenger um, with people. I'm, I'm not afraid of conflict, but with Acres of Hope, I have kind of shied back and tried to do more people-pleasing things because everybody's so wonderful and they, they have great hearts and they have great intentions and and I want everything that they want to do to happen. And um, so me learning that people-pleasing actually can be negative and actually impact them negatively because then there's not clarity. So mm. one of the things I'm learning as a leader is to just be clear, even if it means I have to say no for now or whatever that looks like. Um, I want to learn. I want to listen. I want to be humble. But I also need to be assertive sometimes and be clear like yeah. this can't happen this year, but let's look at next year. Or, um, just those kinds of things. And um, I think the team needs that. I know the team needs that. So that's one area I'm growing yeah. as a leader. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And for me, um most of my, well, pretty much all of my adult life, I've been in a leadership type role mm-hmm. um, with running the construction business uh, with my brother. And, um, that was very, very different to what I'm doing now. Um, the <laughs> Lord is using me and had a plan for me. And I was a lifer. I was fully committed 100%. Like I am never leaving sure. the construction business. And when it comes down to it, due to difficult family dynamics with my father, um, I had to step away. And that was uh, that was in April of 2020, right in the very beginning of COVID when the world was shut down. And I didn't know, th- I knew that day was coming at some point. I didn't know it was going to be that day. And, um, you know, um, 
one of the biggest things I think about as a leader is what it really, really looks like to be an example. So the business, the organization, uh, the team, whatever you're running is going to be what you represent yourself to, you know, and uh, everything trickles down to Emmy and I, and that's a lot of pressure. Um, mm. and also knowing that you're not perfect. Like right. this weekend, I had a difficult weekend with my kids. I did not show great leadership to my kids this right. weekend, me. Yeah. And, um, and I am not perfect, but I recognize that and whatnot. And, um, uh, just, yeah, like Emmy yeah. said, being humble yeah. and, uh, and praying and asking the Lord to lead you like, uh, representing and you know, just showing your team what it looks like to be a godly leader is uh, probably the most important thing. And yeah, I and am not perfect at that either, man. I am. <laughs> I am still learning. Um, There's only I think, one. I think we're always going to yeah. be. I think we're always going to be learning. Um, I hope so. Yep. And uh, yeah, just being humble and what it looks like to be a godly leader and what that example looks like mm -hmm. and, and thinking about that. Am I being that example that mm -hmm. I want my team to be watching and approachable you know? and yeah, uh, sure. And, and I think to, to your point is a uh, uh, godly leadership is when we let people down uh, or what community or whatever it is, it's owning it and yeah. trying mm -hmm. to learn from it. Right. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. are sure we can trace those principles back directly to the Bible and, yeah. and you know, and all that. But at the end of the day, what the world needs to see is the, is the action of I effed up you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I don't want to do that again. My intention was not to let you down in this area and maybe here's what I'm going to do for me to, to hopefully not have that happen again. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think people, People give grace to, to that type of uh, leader and that type of uh, adjustment, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. man, we are out of time. Wow. So, yeah. uh, time <laughs> flies, you know. Um, thanks so much, you two, for, for joining us today. Uh, how would people get in touch with you? Maybe an email or website? Uh, yeah, they can go to our website at uh, acresofhopeyouthranch.org, uh, or they could email Justin, um, and it's justin at acresofhopeyouthranch.org. Yep. Nice. Yep. Well, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for listening in. And um, you can listen to our radio show and podcast air every Saturday on KSLM at 11 a.m., or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.